I want to win. And if I don't win, I ain't giving up. Started his business from nothing, that was 2018. Came top salesman in the country multiple times, had a dream. He would scale up his company and train thousands of people. Give you knowledge and teach you, don't let the problems defeat you. Launching private rocket. All right, everybody, welcome to the Profit Rocket Podcast. This is episode number 15. I'm your host, Victor Rancor, and today I got another exciting guest. Uh, one of the, in the next couple of episodes, we're going to be covering guys that have not only started their businesses in the last, you know, five, six, seven years, but not just grown them, but grown them exponentially, right? So how were they able to grow from nothing, startup, zero dollars to multi, multi-million dollar businesses in such a short period of time? And so in this, in this section, we're going to cover that. And to start it off, I got one of my one of my partners, another amazing uh, amazing entrepreneur, Mr. Mario Lopez out of Sacramento. He owns a company called Attic Man. They are growing like leaps and bounds. Everybody that keeps talking about him, he's all over social media. So, uh, Mario, welcome to the podcast, man. I'm excited to have you on. Yeah, right on, man. Happy to be here. So, you know, obviously we had you on, you know, on my podcast, you know, over a little over a year ago, I would say now, and and obviously you're already starting to grow pretty big at that point. But I mean, over the last year, it's just been, it, it seems like you guys are buying new trucks. You guys are, you know, hiring more people. Like what the heck's going on up there, bro? It, you know what? It's crazy, man. You know, before, uh, before I decided I wanted to really blow this thing up, we were a small little company working out of my garage. You know, I had my neighbors calling the county on me all the time. They were coming around you know, writing me up, telling me you can't be, you know, storing a bunch of ACs in your garage. Uh, and then you know, we just kind of, we just kind of got serious. We said, you know what, like, we just, we're pretty good at this. And uh, we, we saw an opportunity to take some market share. And we just made the decision, you know what, let's just go out there, let's crush it. And let's really see how far we can take this thing. So it's been a wild uh, past few years, but uh, I couldn't be happier and uh, more proud of what we've accomplished so far. So one of the things that your success story is a little bit different than some of the guys that have grown fast, right? Because I feel like a lot of the guys that have grown fast, including myself, like we went heavy on like marketing spend, stuff like that. I know that you guys haven't, like you guys haven't really had to put a massive marketing spend. You've done a lot of guerrilla marketing, a lot of getting in your community, stuff like that. So you kind of, kind of circle back to, to how you started and things that you were doing to start marketing your business to start becoming the market leader without spending a bunch of money on Google. And all. I mean, I don't think you spend that much money on Google now, right? Yeah, not not really at all. Uh, actually, right now, uh, we've yet to find a good, you know, uh, way to to tackle that. But we well, we really haven't had to. We will. But, you know, what what really I think kind of sets us apart is. When I first started, I just, it was me in a truck, you know, like most of these guys, but I mean, I hit it hard, man, for two years straight. I was going around, I was out there till midnight, you know, running around myself, fixing ACs, meeting people, shaking hands. I always had this theory that the more people you meet, the more doors, you know, opportunities open for you. And uh, if you can provide a good service and they like you, they're going to refer their friends, refer their family, et cetera. So, you know, in those two years of doing that, just boots on the ground in and out of houses every single day i just met a lot of people and got my name out there not even attic man but just mario you know uh and my phone was blowing up like crazy and then as far as the guerrilla marketing goes you know i joined a couple of business groups here in sacramento uh for anybody out there that's ever heard of uh, like latip it's a national organization uh that was great i joined this latip group of sacramento where it's a group of uh local business owners where you get together every day eat breakfast or lunch or whatever and talk and network and 
you know, basically help each other out and give work to each other. So that was great. Uh, we're in a chamber of commerce that we've been in for a few years now. And we were really involved with that, going to events, sponsoring uh, golf tournaments and charity events, uh, and just being there ourselves, not just sponsoring it and putting up an Atticman banner, but actually going there, shaking hands, meeting people, building relationships. So when the time came that we decided, you know what, we want to actually turn this into a company and blow it up. I mean, we had so much referral work coming because of those, you know, first two years of just in and out of houses every day. Everybody knew who I was. Everyone wanted Mario, which eventually became a problem, right? Because you start hiring yeah. and everyone's calling and they want Mario, they want Mario. And I don't really go in the field, you know, anymore, but it, uh, you know, that that's basically the difference was it was just all referral based. So then when we actually started spending our money on marketing is when it's like, okay, we, you know, I, I feel like we barely even touched the surface on marketing and how much we could spend on marketing and really blow it up. We're doing some radio now and, you know, some Facebook ads and things like that. But yeah, I mean, we could really hit it hard when we're ready, uh, assuming well, we're for it. And, it. and let's talk a little bit about that because like the first time I didn't meet you the first time I met your employee, your employee came down to one of my training classes and I still remember talking to him kind of the first time and you're very small, but you were busy. Like you guys had a lot of calls all the time and I was talking to your tech and he was running like six, seven calls a day sometimes. And, you know, and I'm like, what is this guy doing? Cause I remember, I remember like I said, I didn't know you. I just talked to your guy and I'm like, this guy's running that many calls a day. And like, why are they, why are they not generating? Like they should be, becoming a massive business and i'm also thinking like and he's like i'm like what do you guys do for marketing he's like well not much and i'm like dude what's going on with this business like how are they growing so fast or how are they running so many calls how do they have so many customers and then you know obviously we we, we, we had talked about the process and kind of dialing it in at that point and trying to i still remember i'm like you need to go home and tell your boss whoever the hell he is that he needs to stop running you on eight calls a day and try to bring it down to a couple and hire people but you did it so so it's like the the right way right you did it slow you grew it the right way you you actually went you know you went and made sure you had the customers you had a big base and then you started then you started uh actually bringing in employee more employees and stuff like that um but obviously if you guys are listening right listen to what he said he didn't have a big marketing budget right he's he didn't do anything like he didn't do anything like crazy what he did is actually put himself out there he did what the resources that he had because a lot of you guys are like well i don't have resources for that i don't have this and i'm like dude you have time Time is your number one asset, right? So if you can take your time and you go invest it in something, it's a long-term play. And, and it circles back to when I started my business too. I was in all the BNI groups, right? I'd go do the breakfast, I'd go do the breakfast meet and greets. I would go do all these things. And I hated doing them, dude. It wasn't like I wanted to be there, but it kept bringing me business. And because the same thing as you, we had, I had to bootstrap the business. I didn't have a bunch of money for marketing. I didn't have all that stuff until you know we started growing and I started investing, investing. But in the beginning, same thing. So if you guys are listening to this and you're you're a smaller company, right? Like there's opportunity to get out there, but you have to actually put yourself out there. Um, so obviously this is about 2000 and 2021. 2021 uh, is the first time your guy came out and you guys were doing probably about one and a half, what, two million, something like that? Yeah, I think we did like 1.8 that year. 1.8 million and you had a great business and I think you were just kind of, you needed a little bit of like, almost a kick in the ass, man. I think you were, you were comfortable. So I know there's a lot of guys on here that are in that spot that are comfortable. You're probably making good money. You want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. You know, I mean, I was comfortable and it's a, uh, it was a whole different lifestyle back then. I mean, it was small business. Uh, you know, when you're pulling at 1.8 million a year, I think we had like a 16% margin. I mean, that's a great living, you know, for uh, somebody who's as young as, uh, as I am and as I was a few years ago, 
Um, and you, you could you could travel, you could take time off. You're like, oh, I'm going to take two weeks off and go here and go here. And that's great. Um, and I had a lot of fun during those times. But uh, for me, it just uh, it wasn't sustainable. I didn't I, I wanted more. I just wanted to really grow it. I think the dream of every entrepreneur and every business owner, someone that starts their business is they want to be able to take themselves out of the business, go somewhere for a month, two months, three months, and the business just keeps running and making them money, right? I mean, that's the dream. We're sitting on a beach somewhere and our bank accounts, ding, 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 ding. Like everybody wants that. And I was never going to get that with the size we were at. Um, and, you know, and it just kind of clicked because, you know, once we met and we started talking and it was just this thing like, hey, you could do what you're doing right now for the next 30 years, you know, and, and you could run it that way for 30 years and you'd be, uh, have a great living, have a home, uh, be able to travel, all those things. Um, but I didn't I don't want to I didn't want to do that for 30 years. You know, I, I want to get it to a point where it can continue to run itself, continue to bring in money uh, without me there. Uh, and I knew that I wasn't going to get there doing things the same way I had been doing them year after year. I knew I really had to blow it up. Uh, I had to partner with some people that knew what they were doing, have done it before. I kind of realized that. I think a lot of us think we can do it ourselves or we have this pride where we don't need any help. Like, you know what, I'm going to do it all myself because I want to be able to say I built this myself. But, you know, if you want to do something great, look at any big company, any successful sports team, Anything that's huge and, and has made huge achievements, nobody does it alone. Um, you know, and, and that's what it was for me. I just kind of decided, I, you know, my wife and I sat down and just kind of talked, said, do we want to take this to a higher level? And we had a conversation and we pretty much both decided, yeah, we do. We don't want to do what we're doing now for 30 years, because even though that lifestyle is fun, we had to be there when we weren't traveling. We were at home. We had to. I mean. You know, every two weeks we took off was like three months of work we had to do to catch back up. I and mean, we're working 14, 16, 18 hour days sometimes just hitting it hard. And it just isn't sustainable for 30 years. You know, we wanted to we wanted to get to that next level. So obviously at this point, how many employees did you have? Back at the, I think like four. So it was me, my wife, my dad, the guy that I sent to you and a couple of installers. So there was like six of us. Nice. And so at that point, obviously you said, okay, I want to hit it. I want to grow. What was the first thing that you started to do? How were you starting to get employees to come in the door? Well, I mean, the first thing was, you know, uh, spending more time with you, uh, Bill Pulte, obviously you guys have been a huge help getting my mindset right and kind of guiding us and showing us the way like, Hey, you know, this is the mindset you got to have if you want to grow. You're going to need people. You're going to have to spend money. You're going to have to get a shop and stop working out of your garage. Um, out of your little love shack. Yeah, yeah. Uh, man, I had the county on my ass, bro. They were coming by my house like once a week. Uh, it got it got crazy there for a while. But, um, you know, I mean, employees are everything. You can You cannot grow a business without your people. You got to have good people. You have to have a good team. You have to have good leadership. Uh, and that starts with you at the top. You know, uh, I'm here at my office every day, 6 a.m., ready to rock. And I usually don't leave until about 9, 10 o'clock at night. Um, and I'm not bullshitting you. I mean, you could ask anybody here. First one in, last one out every fucking day. Uh, and that really trickles down, right? When people see that, when these people have worked at the local big companies for however many years and they're in this corporate kind of lifestyle and they want to be a part of something growing, they get inspired by that. They want to be a part of it. They want to feel like they are a part of helping grow something special. 
Um, and then, you know, you hire one guy here and then he knows a couple guys and, you, you know, you put the word out that you're hiring. Now, next thing you know, people are knocking at your door. I've had people just knock at the door and say, hey, I've seen you guys on Instagram, TikTok, whatever. And I want to be a part of that. Um, and I want to work here. You know, um, well, let's talk. Let's talk a little bit about that. So like a lot of guys that are listening to this, they might be operating out of their house. Right. And then they're also they're saying those are the same guys that are asking me. How do I find employees? Right. And you're working out of your house and you want to talk about the impact of, hey, I'm out of my house now. I got an office. You know, I obviously, you know, built it out. You got a warehouse. You got everything painted. It looks nice. You want to talk about the difference between trying to hire someone when you're working out of your house versus even having an office, whether it's a big office or a small office, it does change it. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember trying to thinking, OK, I'm going to recruit. I meet somebody that, you know, at an event that is a three million dollar a year technician. And I'm like, OK, I want this guy on my team. And uh, oh, where are we going to interview? And it was either my house or like a Starbucks because I didn't have an office. And uh, yeah, I'll never forget. He came over to my house and kind of looked around and, you know, uh, he's like, so where do you guys work out of? <laughs> this is it. And I could just see like the excitement just go away. You know, it just completely just zoom like right out of him. And he didn't end up taking the job because he didn't take it serious. Um, and I, and then once we got a place, I made sure that it was a nice place. You know, we want it to be nice and professional. We want to show, hey, you know, this is a, a great place for, you know, if you're playing on a, on a football team and you go to their facilities and it's all run down piece of shit, you're like, I don't want to be here. But if you go in it's state of the art equipment, gym equipment, you got the best trainers, the best this, best that. They're like, I want to be here. Um, and that was a huge impact. When we got our office, our office was basically brand new. They just built it. It got really finding this place. And uh, now when guys come in, you know, I make sure to bring them in through the back so they can walk through the warehouse. They can see all of our equipment stock. They see our process. They, there's guys loading up trucks. Beep, 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 boom, boom, boom. By the time they make it into the office, they're already they're pumped up. They're like, OK, like this is legit. I want to work here. Um, and that's made it. It reminds me of this story when I first started, because when I when I started, we didn't have an office either. We operated out of my my buddy's pizza shop parking lot. So we would meet there. We park our box truck there every night and then we would meet there every morning. And I remember I hired this guy and I met him. Obviously, I interviewed him at the pizza shop and I hired him and he worked for me for months, man. And he he thought because we met there every day, he thought because he lived in Compton that I didn't want to let him know where my office was so he wouldn't rob me. But he didn't realize. So he starts talking to one of my other technicians or one of my installers. And he's like, well, where's the office at? And he fucking slaps the box truck. He's like, you're looking at it. <laughs> and that, it's a mobile, and that's how we, the mobile office. And that's how we operated when we started. But, you know, when we first got when we first got our building and, and you'll probably talk about that, too, because you probably got your building. And the same way I did, I walked in. I'm like, dude, this is a big building. I will never outgrow this thing. Right. And then yeah. all of a sudden you get in there. And since you've grown exponentially, is are you kind of feeling that now or or how is that so far? Yeah, yeah, definitely feeling that. And, you know, it's funny you say the box truck is uh, the first installer I hired. Uh, we interviewed him in the parking lot of a Target and uh, he's still here. He's still <laughs> not here. Ske not sketchy at all. No, not sketchy at all. He's one of my OGs now. And we laugh about it sometimes. Like, you remember back when we interviewed you at fucking Target <laughs> and like, look at us now. You know, it's great. But um but yeah, uh, no, we're definitely bursting at the seams. Once we got our first building, where our building is, it's kind of a, it's almost like a warehouse strip mall type thing. There's multiple, multiple offices connected together, but it has office space and it has warehouse space. And yeah, the first one we got that was in, oh man, when did we move in? Like, it was like November of 2021. We finally got our first place and moved in. And yeah, I thought, I actually have a video of me walking around saying, I'm going to build a $10 million HVAC business out of this place. 
yeah, that didn't last too long. I mean, we outgrew that place like like that. Um, luckily, uh, another one opened up right here in the same exact uh, area. It's, you can walk right there. It's in the same parking lot. So as soon as that one opened up, we snagged that. Now we have two of them. <laughs> and then <laughs> there's a third one that opened up. And uh, our landlord's like, hey, you're clearly already outgrowing these two. Do you want this third one? But something I've learned from you and and Bill and stuff is uh, you got to run lean. You got to run mean. And as much as I do want that third space, and I know it'll help. And trust me, my install manager brings it up every fucking day. He's like, it's still sitting there empty. And he's like, are you going to get that one or what? I'm like, nope. You know, because I'm like, you know what? We can build up. This thing is two stories high in the warehouse. So we walk in, we don't have any room. I walk into the warehouse and I'm looking up in the sky. I'm like, I'm like, we got plenty of room. You know what I mean? Like we might not have floor space, but we got to get creative. But yeah, we're already bursting at the seams, man. We're going to have to upgrade. Soon. Well, you know, and that's, and that's a big thing too. So what happens is our, our egos, right? Our egos say, I need the big office. I need the big, I need more space. I need this. I need that. And it becomes one of those things where we start buying it just to, to say that we have it and to say that, oh man, look, I got this big warehouse and all this stuff, but you don't realize what it does to your overhead, right? Your overhead grows. And then guess what happens when you get a big office? You fill yeah. that motherfucker up. Also, you start filling it up with more people and you got more stuff and more stuff and more stuff. And what is that happens to your bottom line is it starts getting crushed. So, yeah. you know, if you guys are really watching this and you guys are young and, and you're starting now and you're like, man, I want to have an office like like Ishmael's or like Mario's or whatever it is. Right. And you're, you're thinking to yourself, you want this stuff really reel it in. man. There, there's a there's levels to it. Right. When you, when you get to those big buildings and these people, you see them. Like they've already proven their pro processes. They've already proven their profits. And then they wouldn't use their profits and they use that to, instead of paying taxes, they wouldn't bought a building now that they're, now they're leasing that building for themselves. So there's, there's levels to it that you can't skip. And when you try to rush through it is when you start crushing yourself and, and getting yourself oh, yeah. in bigger debt. So really listen to what Mario said there is that, you know, run lean, run mean, and try to try to keep those profits there because these things need to be printing you cash. And, you know, if you're not printing cash, then, then that's, that's an issue. And you got to make sure you reel it in and, and make sure you watch what you spend. I think it all the time because people see my, my training facility and they're like, I need to go build a training facility. And I'm like, no, you don't. No, Most of the time, my, I have, I had a whole training facility. I built it. I put a live live equipment, all this shit in my office. Nobody ever used it. And I'm like, we'd go in there and it was like, we would look at it and stare at it. It looked cool. We pull some motors here and there. I'm like, I could just have some units on the side of my building and go work on them out there. I don't yeah. need to have all this stuff live in here. And I, and I took it all out because it was a waste of space. And then I ended up wasting the time, energy and money to build that. So just really think about it just because your, your friend has it, or you see someone on social media have, it doesn't mean you need that shit. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a balance, you know, I mean, you got to get out of your house for sure. Like if you're working get, out, yeah. of your house, get out of your house, get out of your house, but you know, don't go for the huge flashy building. Uh, I remember when I was looking at buildings and, you know, was talking to Bill and he's like, you know, you can always tell the ego of a business owner by the size of their building and how nice it is. And ego kills businesses. You know that. I know that. Um, so you, it's a balance. You need to get out of your house. You got to find somewhere. But before I found this place, I almost signed a lease in a, it was a fucking empty building next to a nail salon, like literally in a strip mall. And I was like, I don't give a shit. I'm like, we'll run it out of there. You know, we'll, we'll break the condensers down and rebuild them inside if we have to, like, you know, I mean, you, it's a balance. You, you got to get out of your house, but just be aware uh, and know your numbers. Because if you aren't calculating what this is going to do to your bottom line and what this is going to do to your overhead, you'll get underwater real quick. And like you said, it feels good. You get the building. It's nice. You start outfitting it and you start to feel like a rock star. You're like, oh, yeah, like I got it now. Like you start bringing your friends over, your family over. Come look at my building. Da, da, da. You're putting up videos and uh, it's exciting until you really start getting into it and you got to pay 
that rent every month, uh, yeah, then now you got to keep selling units and bringing in money to to feed the machine. So yeah, you just, just make sure you got the you got a cash producing machine, but you gotta you gotta have the office. The, the power of having somewhere to bring them for an interview and just make them feel like you gotta have. It's like you got to bring them into your ecosystem. And if you don't got an ecosystem, it's your house. Like they're not ever going to feel comfortable being there and they're not going to want to work there. So like one of the big things I always ask myself in the beginning when I started, I said, what is it going to take to recruit the top, top guys in the country? What is it going to take? Because I worked for them, right? And I worked at a company that had those guys. And I said, what does it take? And, and I started early on. I put a lot of things in place. And, and I, I don't suggest this if you can't afford it, right? Because I obviously – we know sales, so I can sell shit. So in the beginning, we were selling enough to be able to support the stuff, but I went and got benefits, right? I would say, hey, if I want the top producer, I need to have benefits. I need to have paid vacation. I need to have this. I need to have this. And I wouldn't really, I wrote down all the things that I needed to, to what kind of company I had to be to have those top producers. And then within six months, I literally had guys that were the top, 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 top guys at the biggest company out here. I had four of them working for me. Four guys that were selling four or five million dollars a year working for me within a couple of months because I attracted them. Um, you want to talk a little bit now, like obviously as Attic Man is growing and, and I don't know the exact size of it today. I mean, how what are you guys pacing for this year? Uh, gold this year is 15 in revenue with the 20% margin, of course. Uh, we're on pace right now for about 16.5. So January, we doubled up January from last year, February. We already are surpassing our goal for March, and it's what, you know, we got. We still got a number of days left in March. So, um, yeah, we're trying. We went from basically 1.8 uh, to, you know, j just under 10. And then, which is, so this last year was just, 2022 was insane for growth. I mean, you hear the stories about guys, like your story, Vic, about, oh, I blew this thing up. I got more gray hairs now. You might not be able to see it in the camera. I got more gray hairs now. I'm 29 years old than, you I, know, I, I, than just I, wear, I, I just wear a hat now because it's all coming yeah. out. You know what I mean? I thought about, I was like, should I put on a hat? I'm like, nah, I still got the hair. <laughs> Yeah, rock it while you got it, you know. We'll rock it while you got it. Yeah. So you know, uh, it was intense growth for 2022. It was uh, just insane. I mean, I could write a book. You could make a movie about it. I have so many stories and late nights and early morning. It's just craziness. Uh, but it all paid off. You know, we got this thing I call it like the slingshot effect. I talk with my management stuff about it all the time. You know, we got to invest right now. You know, we just bought like six, seven trucks, looking at getting more, hiring more guys. You know, uh, putting you, you're spending all this money. This happened last March too. Last March we were like freaking out about our cash balance because we were loading up on equipment, we're buying trucks, all these things. Slingshot, right? We're doing this, we're doing this, and then you're just waiting for that, waiting for that weather to hit. You're like, all right, I'm ready, I'm ready. Like, uh, I remember this last March. It was the same exact feeling. And then sure enough, you know, it hits and boom, your slingshot takes off. You make all that money back and then some, and then you're just, you know, then you're just rolling in cash at that point. You just do it again. Yeah. Let's talk about this because this, this podcast is going to air next next week. And and um, as as we're talking about it, right, like it's the same boat for everybody. So right now, like, dude, no one knows what's going on. Everybody's scared. This it almost the the feeling I have right now is 2020. Right. When COVID, almost like when COVID was going on, because the news is scaring the shit out of everybody. The weather's not there. It's March. People aren't buying. Financing is fucking weird. All these things are going on, and and what happens right now is is you know people start contracting, right? So like my local competitors just gave like next gen just gave everybody a bunch of pay cuts, right? And started laying off people, and these things are happening to my competitors, and I'm like, and in my head, I'm like, dude, what do I do? Like I'm nervous too because I I'm not selling. Like we we started March, we were pacing for like 2.8 million. Now we're like, dude, if we hit 
freaking 1.8, I'll be happy. Right. So like it kind of almost fell off the face of earth, but in my head, I'm like, okay, I can either, I can either back down now and, and pretend like, dude, summer's going to come. Dude, the weather always comes and people always sweat. People always buy air conditioning. Right. So I'm like, I can either cower now or I can go take market share. So what I decided to do is like, I'm bringing in the best guys. I just hired another freaking $4 million a year sales guy. I just brought in nine more trucks. I got marketing going, just added radio, all these things, and I'm building it up. And I'm like, fuck, I'm going to take market share. So if you guys are right now, you're sitting there and you're nervous, you're scared, just know that your competitors are scared too. Everybody's scared. Everybody's scared and everybody's nervous. And as you know, the guy with the biggest fucking balls is going to win. And if you got the big balls right now to go freaking gamble everything, like I'm willing to gamble every dollar I have right now, knowing that I'm going to hit three, four million dollars a month in, in the next couple months. By May, I'm hitting four, I'm hitting three and a half, four million dollars a month. And if I do that, I know what's going to happen to my business and I know what's going to happen. I'm going to take the entire market. And same thing that Mario saying right now is he has an opportunity and he's, he's hanging on 16.5 and I'm like, well, you could probably do 30, you know, but you know, that's, that's just my mindset. I'm just like, man, if you can do 16.5 and you're not even really crushing it on Google, like, dude, if you get the Google dial in, you could be doing fucking 30 million this year, but that's how I look at it. And that's, a, that's the difference. And that's what I'm trying to get you guys to know with this podcast and what we're going to do at the event, man. Like I want you guys to start realizing the opportunity you guys have, because we are not like our you know, our generation isn't like our dads. I don't think like, dude, I don't want to work somewhere for fucking 30 years and then go retire for fucking five years and die. That I'm not fucking interested in it, dude. I'm 34 years old. And by the time I'm 40, I am fucking done. You ain't going to fucking, you ain't going to see me. You might see me on TikTok. That's about the only spot you're going to fucking see me because I'm going to make a shit ton of money and I'm going to get the fuck out and I'm going to be going and hanging out. I'm going to travel. I'm going to go do some philanthropy shit. That's what I want to do. And, uh, and the way you do that is by doing what we're talking about here, guys, is starting to what Mario did. He said, hey, I don't want to be a little business anymore. I want to grow something special over the next couple of years. Put your head down, get the work in because you have this is your number one earning opportunity in your life is when you're between 25 years old and 35 years old is you're earning the best earning potential of your life. This is when you have the most energy. This is when you put the most effort into something. You guys got to do it. You guys can't be scared. And guess what? With recession becomes an opportunity. Because guess what? There's winners and losers in every recession, you guys. I mean, hey, just to touch on a couple things you just said there. One, I'll tell you right now, I don't watch the fucking news. I don't know what the fuck's happening mm -hmm. out there. I, I never watch. I don't watch that much TV at all. But if I do turn on, it ain't the fucking news. And if I'm on Facebook or whatever, I'm scrolling through. I see any bullshit article. Oh, you know, Tesla's laying off. I, I literally skip over it because uh, your mindset's everything, you guys. Your mindset is fucking everything. The way that you view the world is your reality, your own reality. And yeah, there might be a lot of people scared and companies doing layoffs and stuff, but just look at what's happening for yourself. You know, are you still selling air conditioners? Are you still bringing in the money? Are you still, is your phone still ringing? Are you still able to do outbound calls and put tune-ups on your board? If the answer is yes, then you're fine. It doesn't matter what's happening out there. Um, and, you know, and there's, like you said, there's two ways to look at it. I can be scared and contract and play safe. You know, oh, I want to protect what I have now. Or you can go out and you can take market share and you can be aggressive and you can you can gamble, but it's a smart gamble, right? It's not like you're playing roulette and you're just guessing on a number. No, you're you're making calculated decisions. And I'm definitely in the middle of that right now. I think I just dropped like 350 grand in growth and ordering equipment and trucks and all the things because the hot weather is gonna come. And even then, we're not even slow right now. We already beat our goal for March. So yeah, like while I wish I was doing two, three million this month, my goal for March has already been beat. And we still have more days. So we're fine. 
Like, what do we, there's nothing to worry about. And if you are a business owner out there, you have to understand if you are in this HVAC game right now, you are in a prime opportunity to make more money than you have ever made or that you will ever make in your entire life. And let me tell you why. There's not a lot of contractors up and coming. There's not a lot of this new generation, 20 year old, 30 year old contractors anymore. Most of my competitors are 50 years old plus. Okay. And there ain't a whole lot of competitors around my age. I'm 29, right? There ain't a whole lot of competitors my age in my market that are coming up and filling those spots, right? As far as I can tell, in the next few years, there's going to be four or five of us here in Sacramento, where I'm at, that are going to be the new juggernauts. And out of those four or five, one of them is going to be number one. And I have full intention on being that guy and being that company. And you guys can do that too. You don't have all this competition as much anymore. They're, they're getting old, right? And they're, they're well, still- well, the, the other thing is the, the, bear, the, bear, the barrier to entry has become difficult too. So like, even if you have a guy, say your top guy wants to go start a business, Dude, it's not, it's, it's harder today than four years ago when I started my business because the cost of goods have gotten insane. Like to buy, you know, buy equipment is more than doubled, right? To buy a new truck is doubled. Insurance is doubled. Everything's gone up. And then guess what? Now consumer financing, if you, if you can't get consumer financing right now, you're not going to be able to start a business period. And you can't get consumer financing when you first start, like no one wants to work with you. So you can prove you have a track record of, of to fulfilling your orders. So now imagine you got, you're in that position you're in right now, Mario, and the guys that are coming up are just literally getting kicked in the head. They're literally, the little guy, the brand new guys getting kicked in the head over and over, just getting kicked back down, kicked back down because he, he can't get lines of credit because what's going to happen is your suppliers, when recessions happen, they stop giving out the lines of credit. They're going to give you minimal lines of credit. Now the equipment's expensive. You got minimal lines of credit. You can't get financing, right? And then all these things are all kind of in play to where, Dude, the guys that are right now are going to have the opportunity to monopolize the, their entire their entire ecosystem. And then guess what else we have coming down the pipeline? Just like 15 years ago when R22 got banned, now we got a new refrigerant coming in. So it's like another fucking payday. Hey, guess what? 410A is out. We got to gotta switch to the new shit Reading again. That all over again. Yeah. And now we're starting over again. We can't reuse your coil. We can't do this. Like we, there's all these things are happening in our industry. And the guys that have the training, the money, and the, and the energy to go make it happen are going to crush it. Because oh, yeah. guess what, dude, who has, and the other companies can't afford to train their guys on all this new shit. They can't afford to get their guys all new tools and all the things they're going to need to do. So yeah, I don't man. know. That's my thought on it. No, hundred percent, hundred percent. And you know, there's just, if you own a business, you know how hard it is an HVAC business, how hard it is hiring guys right now and finding young guys that want to do this type of work. You got to train within man, hire, hire for the, uh, attitude, train the skill, grow your guys, get them going. You know, as these homeowners are looking around for people to come replace their ACs, it's becoming, there's less and less options for homeowners. So you have an opportunity to take market share, to jump in there and and get those customers and really grow your business and make that money. So, you know, don't be afraid. Don't watch the news. Don't buy into, into that bullshit. Uh, just focus on what's happening in your life, in your business, and your phone ringing and how much you're selling. And just focus well, on that. Put your head down. And then also you got to focus on, you know, sharpening iron, right? Like before you got on this podcast, you know, you got your guys over there watching my training videos and all that stuff. Like you guys are, you're trying to sharpen that, that iron all the time, sharpen that sword all the time to make sure that, that you guys are ready, right? Because the people that are going to win right now are going to be the great communicators, right? And if you don't teach your guys high level communication on how to overcome those objections, they're going to become fix it guys too. Everybody's going to say, let's fix it. Let's fix it. Let's fix it. Let's fix it. And I bet you that people that are listening right now, you guys are getting that more than ever. Everybody wants to do those $2,000 repairs and they don't want to do the, you know, the replacement. 
And you have to really get your guys verbal to become verbal assassins to be able to do that. And, and you know, that's something that obviously Mario has invested a lot of time, energy, and effort in, you know, starting over two years ago, right? Sending your guys out to my first training and getting those guys and understanding the the, the importance of learning communication because you can have the best tech in the world. But if you go in there and all he's doing is fixing units all day, you're never going to be able to grow no. your business. You, and you know, most of these guys that come in and they want they want a job as a technician, you know, they always think like, oh, I need to be trained on the technical side. And I say, look, if you want to come in and be a tech and run around and do tune-ups and fix AC units, then you can go to warranty or you can be a maintenance tech. We, can, we got one-year-old tune-ups that need to be done, right? And I don't even want to give you those because there's plenty to sell on those too. Or you need to get the fuck out and go to commercial because it's the same for you. If you want to be a successful HVAC residential technician and you want to make as much money as you possibly can and live the life you want, you have to be able to sell. Sell first. You got to be able to communicate. You have to identify who that homeowner is, what it is that they're looking for, how to meet their needs and how to sell them something, whether it be IAQ, ductwork, insulation, whole house fan, water heater, water treatment. I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on. So we can teach you the technical shit all day. But if you have a process, you know, and Victor has a great AC tune-up process. Actually, I got three of my guys watching it right now. We did another class yesterday. You know, sharpen that sharpen that sword, like you said. Get those skills down. Focus on the customer service side of it and communicating with the homeowner. Uh, that's how you're going to sell, not by your diagnostic skills. If you have got great diagnostic skills, you can be a warranty tech. Well, the, the crazy thing is, like, you know, for me, in Southern California, we – I would say 70% of my business comes from tune-ups and not repairs. And I know up Sacramento it gets hot, but down here, dude, it's 70 and 75 a lot of times in the summertime. And a lot of people are like, well, how do you sell so much? I'm like, dude, we, we have a process that's so dialed in that on the tune-up side is what we crush it. And that, that's what I teach. And that's what I like. My guys, like, we just had a class yesterday on it, and, I, and I'm repeating it ever, over and over and over and over again. So that my guys are able to, to compete with anybody like, dude, you got to lead with customer service and you got to lead. You got to lead with a process that's going to lead them down the path that you want them to win. And like for us right now, the only calls that we're running and I'm this is one thing. If you guys are trying to grow a big business, you have to be adamant and fucking relentless to four calls per day per tech. You need to book four fucking calls. I don't give a shit what the calls are. Your guys need to be in front of four people per day. Otherwise, you're never going to win. And I'm so relentless to that. So yesterday, obviously, we had our monsoon like you guys are having. And I'm like, the day before, I'm like in the office, like, dude, we are not fucking leaving this office until everybody has four calls tomorrow. And we woke up in the morning as a fucking monsoon. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So like, <laughs> so if you're asking yourself how to win right now, do not sit around. You have to be proactive. You're waiting for your marketing to come in. You're waiting for someone to go on Google and look for call you for a broken air conditioner right now. It ain't happening. Okay. Yeah. So you need to be outbounding your database. You need to be outbounding customers. So I do both, and I know you you have a background in this, right? So you were used to do cold calls uh, for tune-ups, right? That's how I got started in the industry. 16 years old, sitting at a desk with the, literally the white pages, which I don't even think they have anymore, and a phone. And I had to call cold call people and sell them $49 tune-ups outbound. So, yeah, I know all about it. Actually, right over here, I'm just going to turn this a little bit. I hired I hired this girl here. She's awesome. See her on the, on the phone? Yeah. Okay, all she does all day, I put her – you know, this is my uh, install manager's office. My office is right over there, but I put it right next to my office. I told her, I'm like, you need to be on that phone every fucking second. You're calling, you're calling, you're calling, because you're absolutely right. Nobody's going to call you right now. Guess what? All the furnaces that we're going to break down, they already broke down. We're like three, four months into the cold weather. They already broke down. They've either been fixed, they've been replaced, and you're going to get one or two trickle in here or there. But if you're waiting around for the phone to ring, you're doing it wrong. You have to be outbounding right now. You should be working harder right now than you are in the fucking summer, right? Putting together an outbound program, getting these phone numbers and 
coming up with scripts. I have all these scripts she has taped to her desk right now. She's just calling, calling, calling. And and then you set up, set them up for success, right? She's like, hey, I want to make more money. She's a CSR. She was a, you know, answering the phone. She said, hey, I want to make more money. What can I do? And I'm like, perfect. I'm like, you know how to sell? No, I said, I'm going to teach you. Come sit down with me next to my desk and I'm going to teach you. I'm going to go through the script, set up her pay plan, right? Okay, we're going to bonus you out based on how, if any of these that you book sell, you're going to get a percentage of that sale. Well, guess what? I came in yesterday and she was like, three of my outbound sold, three of my outbound sold. She's all pumped up, right? And right now, hey, Jamie, Jamie, how many did you sell today? Did it sell? Did it close? Let's see. Let's just find out. He's closing it right now. Perfect. She just booked one that's closing right now. Right. And she booked one this morning. When are we going out there to close that one? She booked another one. We're going to close that one, too. So anyway, you know, she's fired up. She's like, I want to make more money. Set your guys up for success. You know, if they want to make more money, the key isn't just giving them more hourly all the time. You got to give them a bonus program. And well, that that's, program should be directed towards what your company needs right now to keep growing. And right? that's, and that's what's funny because you say that the, the number one I was going through, we go through our marketing ROI and our number one lead source this month is cold calling uh, customers and outbounding. So I had, I got a guy who's been doing it for 15 years and I brought him in and we built a little department out of it. Right. And we use a, we use a company called Haynes crisscross to buy the data. So if you guys are listening, Haynes crisscross, you buy the data. I bought the the uh, the dialer, the robo dialer that's auto dialing all day long. It doesn't stop dialing, right? Until someone picks up. And then obviously when he picks up, you got to have your script ready. And that's something we help with that profit rocket. I can teach you guys how to set that up and get you the scripts and all that stuff. Um, but that's that's one of our number one lead sources. Between that and then I have I have Rocket Bookings that's calling my calling my existing database. So I have that set up to where they're they have I have a uh, Rocket Bookings that's handling that, calling my customers all day long and booking tune-ups. And you have to be relentless. Like, so, and this is what the big companies do, the Gettles, the service champions, all these companies that are big. The reason that they're, they're big is because during this time of year, they fill their boards. So they're still eating and they're able to hire people, right? They're able to hire and carry those, carry those employees through the slow season. And then when it gets hot, they have to have all the employees because no one else is hiring. Right. Yep. And, and so you guys got to be relentless to it. And, and that's, that's usually the number one. You want your techs to stay. You need techs for summer, right? You need techs. You need them to sell, right? That's the number one complaint right now with technicians. You can pull any technician from any company right now and say, you know, oh, how are you feeling about the company you're at? And they're going to be like, oh, it's fucking bullshit, man. I'm getting all these fucking, you know, I, I barely have two calls a day. Like, they want work. That's how they make money, right? And that's how we've been able to pull some guys over here and say, hey, listen, like, we got the board full, right? It might not be a 20-year-old service call every second. But we're putting opportunities on the board. We'll run it through the process, process and teach you how to sell on those opportunities. So if you want to you want to hire people, going back to hiring people, you got to stay busy. When the other guys are not busy, you got to figure out how you are busy. Because the, I interviewed a guy yesterday and he said, I always go where the work is. And I'm like, perfect. Well, we got tons of work here. So we'll fit right in. Right. Like, well, and the, you want to talk about that, too, is, is the other thing that, you know, that I've done that you're doing. And, you know, I'm starting to see other guys starting to understand it. Like success leaves clues. Right. So like people are like, I have a hiring problem. Well, I don't have a fucking hiring problem. And the reason I don't have a hiring problem is because of social media and posting every day and talking about my business and talking about winning and talking about success. You want to talk a little bit about what you've done with your social media and how that's starting to attract people, a players yeah. over, your, over to your team. You know what? It's probably been the number one way that I've been able to meet people is just making these 
<laughs> they're just like, you know, ram. you just put up a camera and start rambling about things. I actually, a lot of the comments, if you go check out my TikTok, I had a couple of them go viral and, you know, people are roasting me because they can't see who I'm talking to. So they're like, did this guy really set up a camera and just start talking to the wall? Like, that's what it looks like. Right. But now in reality, I got a guy there and he's just asking me questions about HVAC, about business and, you know, leadership and things like that. But I just started, uh, you know, I started making these videos. I post them every single day. It, I've been posting them every day for months now. Uh, very similar to what Victor's doing. And, um, you know, one catch song goes viral. Guys in the industry start seeing it. They start figuring out who you are. The next thing you know, they see you at one of these events, you know, the Profit Rocket event coming up. They'll see you there. They're like, oh, I know you. I see your videos. Um, you do a podcast like this. They see you. Get your name out there. I think so many people want to be introverted, right? They're afraid of what people think. They're like, oh, I'm going to make these stupid videos. People are going to make fun of me. Yeah, that's going to happen. But who gives a shit, right? Go look at my comments on my TikTok. Dude. They they roast all these random people roasting me, right? And I, I, I literally laugh at it. I pull it up and I'm laughing out loud. I'm like, dude, these guys, this is hilarious. But it gets your name out there. Get your video out there. Get your face out there. I've had so many people come in here and interview and they're like, hey, man, I watched your YouTube videos. I, saw, I follow you on Instagram. I saw you at that event in Vegas last year. Like, I've been seeing you like I know all about you. And then they finally like, you know, decide, you know what, I want to go over there and they, I want to work there. So they'll come over and they'll start talking to me. And then if it works out, it works out. That's probably how I've hired, I'd say, 70 percent of the people that I've hired in the past you know, year. Just and if, and if I. And and if I haven't hired them yet, I'm gonna hire them, right? Like it's it's one of those things. It's like putting money in the bank, right? So you know you gotta you gotta content's king, right? Content's king right now more than anything else, and you gotta keep putting it out there. And you have to get them to think that you're bigger than you are, right? So one of the things I've done since day one is I've always made my business look bigger than it was because people want to be part of something big, and I did that through social media, even as a startup, right? And I did that, and I and I would show all these things and buying trucks, and I would get the I would get my audience that I had that I had in there involved. Maybe that person doesn't buy from me, but he says, someone else is like, oh, my air conditioner is broken. Hey, did you, have you seen this attic man guy? Have you seen absolute airflow? This guy's got this going on. You should hit them up. And it starts becoming a trickle down effect. And, and social media, people really think that I, I get people that walk up to me. They're like, oh, you're, I see you on TV. And I'm like, I'm not on TV. I'm on social media because this is TV to people now. Your phone is oh, TV. Yeah. Yeah, your phone TV. is TV's dead, dude. And, and your, you your one. Phone. Everybody has this in your pocket, man. It's everywhere. It doesn't matter who it is. They have one. And when and when they pull that phone out, you want them to see you. You want them to see you. That you want them to see your company. You want to get your name out there. As many more people that know you, the better. Period. Yeah. Well. Mario, um, obviously sitting back and, and watching your success is great. And it's, it's kind of cool because it's like, you know, and, I, and one of the things that I talked to you about, man, is like you got to get your story out there more because there, there's, you know, just, you know, as much as we don't want to talk about it sometimes, man, it's, it's a lot of people out there get motivated by what I've done, what Ishmael's done, what you're doing. And I think you're on the same level as us. Like what you're doing is on that same level and it needs to be brought out more. And that's one of the reasons why. I invited you out to Profit Rocket this year to, to be one of the speakers, to be able to speak to some of these people that are in that startup stage, because guess what? We were just there. And one of the things I wanted to do with Profit Rocket this year is I didn't want to bring guys that already have these hundred million dollar businesses. They've been running them for 15 freaking years or whatever it is. I wanted to bring in the young guys that started with nothing, started with the hope and a dream a couple of years ago, and they've turned it into something great. Because that's the story that you want to hear. That's the story that's going to resonate with me starting out. It's a story that's going to get people motivated. So one of the things um, I want to talk about is is obviously Profit Rocket, but the other thing, Mario, is what 
what is one thing that you would tell to a young entrepreneur that's thinking about starting up? Like every episode, I want to say, what's one thing that you would tell one guy that's getting ready to start his business that he should focus on immediately? Mm, that's a tough one. One thing. There's so many things that just ran through my head when you asked that. I, I think for just for me and my experience, it's mindset. You know, know what you want and have a plan to get it and be motivated. And that's not something that you can teach. That's something that comes, you know, from here. It's natural. Uh, it has to come from inside of you. And if you have that fire in you where you know you want more and you're hungry and you you know what you want out of life, I think that's the most important thing because that's what keeps me going every day. I don't wake up every single day, you know, going to work. I wake up every day working on my dream, man. I really do. I cannot wait to get here. You know, I wake, my alarm goes off at 4.30 in the morning and I'm like, I'm like ready to rock. And I won't, you know, I like, I got to be pried out of this office and all of that place that, that comes from a place of passion, right? If you're doing it for the money or you're doing it for, you know, just because you feel like you have to or whatever it is, that's not going to work. You got to actually want it. You got to have the mindset of, man, I really just want this. It's like Kobe Bryant, you know, going out and shooting 10,000 basketballs every fucking day. You know, he didn't have to force himself to do that. He just wanted to do that. I just saw an article on Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. They're talking about his teammates was, was on a podcast talking about how he was the first one in the gym every day at 6 a.m. And he wouldn't leave till 10 p.m. every day. And he always had a smile on his face. I'm like if you have that magic, then you got to hold on to that and run with that because that's what's going to keep you going through all the bullshit you're going to intact and all the people that want to slow you down and all the people that, that put a target on your back and try to bring you down. That will get you through everything and to the end if you're able to hold on to that. If you notice you're starting to lose that, figure out how to snap back into it and keep it going. I think that's the number one thing. You don't got that. You don't have nothing. Heck yeah, man. Well, Mario, thank you for coming on, man. I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited to see what you're going to do this year. I'm excited to probably, I'll probably bring you back on next year and talk about how you hit 30 million when you're only thinking about hitting 16. Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's, it's crazy to think how far we've come. I know, I like, I always knew I'd get, I didn't think it would be this quick. I didn't think I could get here this fast. And I'm just so excited to see how far we can really take this thing, man. I'm, I'm just so exciting every day. Hell yeah. Well, thank you guys for tuning in to the Profit Rocket podcast. If you guys get a chance, go to events.callprofitrocket.com. Get signed up for our event in Austin. It's September 27th through 29th. It's going to be the event of the year. You know we do things different. We do things bigger and better at Profit Rocket. So we hope to see you guys there. Mario, I'm excited to share the stage with you there. Uh, oh, any, yeah. any, last, any last words for the audience? No, I think we hit it, man. Go out there and get it. Go make your dreams come true. Let's go. Uh, awesome. Go out there and crush it, boys. We will see you next week on episode 16 with Sam Matsuk out of uh, uh, Lancaster, Pennsylvania. He's growing a business called Topline from $0 to over $16 million in the last three years. Another exciting guest. So we'll see you guys next week. Have a good one.